When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before I get started, I really want to tell you about this incredible new app that I discovered. They are, you know, full disclosure, sponsoring my show, but they're called Amorous. And it's, you know, it's the perfect app if you want to add like some sizzle to your relationship or if you're starting off in a brand new relationship and you want to get to know somebody on a more intimate level. Um, it's a private one-to-one app to flirt and discover your relationship while in total control of what you share. It's free for Apple devices with Android launching later this year. You can download it in the App Store and invite your flame to connect and play. They have all kinds of fun, sexy games on there. Trust me, you're going to love it. Check it out at amorous.net slash holly in the App Store or in the show description. That is amorous, A-M-O-R-U-S dot net slash holly. Okay, so I had today's guest on the podcast back in 2019 where we talked about how she got started in the industry, hosting the AVN Awards, and how both of our moms were in Hustler. I actually forgot about that part. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and make sure that you check it out. She's someone that I really, really admire. She is like the epitome of the got there herself, great work ethic, take no bullshit kind of person. She's been in the industry for 10 years. She's accomplished so much. And I am just thrilled to catch up with the gorgeous Romy Rain. Hi, how you doing? I'm, Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Good. It's an awesome little intro. Love that. I know. It's, <laughs> it's kind of nice to like hear all your accolades in one, right? No, it's so nice. And then like when you hear like 10 years, like, wow, it really has been like a solid 10 years now. It's yeah. wild. How has this? Has it been a, 
good 10 years, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, technically even longer because, I mean, I started like exotic dancing at 19. Mm-hmm. And then that, that was off and on. And then I started webcamming off and on at like 22, 23. And then I started like actual porn, 25, 26. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you wanted to add all of like the adult stuff, it's been like over 15 years. Yeah. But, but yeah, like actual like pornography is yeah. 10 years. But yeah, it's been wild. It doesn't seem like that long when you look back. Time kind of does fly. But so much has changed. So. so much has changed. I mean, so we last talked on the show about a year before the pandemic. Yeah. I feel like we can't like catch up without talking about what 2020 was like for you because it was such a pivotal time in so many people's lives. Yeah. So how did you survive COVID? You know, this almost sounds so bad, but like the first six months, I was chilling. I was like, because I was so busy, like right before that happened, there was like this weird moment of like, I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to like go A, B, C, and D and like all of the same day. And like, I also, which was really funny, I, at the time, right before COVID started, like the end of 2018 or 19, I signed like a a contract in like November. Uh, I was working with Cam4 at the time. So I signed a webcam contract. Uh, So I was contracted for a webcam company all throughout 2020. So like I had a pretty steady gig regardless. So it was like kind of fun for me. I had like a whole camera room that I set up and like took all this time to decorate. So I spent a lot of time online. It was like a really good time for me to like cultivate my content and like just work a little bit more on like my brand. And I mean, I is it it's terrible to say that I kind of enjoyed it early on in the beginning. And I again consider myself lucky. Like I had things to do at home. And yeah, it was it wasn't too bad to say it. And yeah, I worked a lot. I like obviously got really involved in OnlyFans. That's kind of when we all kind of really took it seriously because mm-hmm. we had to. It mm-hmm. was like our main source of income at the time. And still for the most part for a lot of us is. Um but yeah, I mean, I just used it as like a kick in the ass to like work more for my myself and mm-hmm. my own thing. So in general, it, I I wasn't too upset. I, like yeah. I kind of I kind of enjoyed it. It was like it worked for me. I made COVID work for me. <laughs> I mean, I know that it changed people's lives in so many different ways. And yeah. the sex work community, like I feel like some of the most significant changes. How did it change your life? Um, well, it really, it changed what the way that I view content creation. I started taking it so much more seriously. I started taking my interactions with my fans even more seriously because it wasn't like, oh yeah, I'll do this maybe like a couple days out of the month, shoot a little bit of content here and there. And then, yeah, but I'm going to be like shooting for these different companies and I'm going to be traveling and doing like little guest spots and hosting and blah, blah, blah. It was really like, okay, no, like now it's time to shoot content. Now it's time to really like make sure that you're you're taking care of your fans and that you're shooting the kind of things that you want to shoot and I think it just it made me take my um my work a lot more seriously and it made me like realize like I kind of want to be my own boss even more I really liked you know setting up my shoots I really like doing lighting and doing like set design and like picking my my outfits and my themes and I really enjoyed interacting with my fans especially during that time when everybody was just stuck at home so all everybody wanted was just a little bit of company and attention and so I I stayed really busy I really enjoyed it um I mean I enjoyed the the work part of it but it 
it changed my my brand in the sense of like now I really did become my own boss and I felt like my own boss and it made me kind of not really want to get rid of that. So almost like ever since the pandemic is when I pretty much started 90% only working for me and kind of not working so much for other people, which made my content even more valuable because the only place that you could like see my work was coming straight to me and buying it from me. So I felt much more valuable as a creator um, and I, I enjoyed being the boss. I enjoyed hiring people and like, it was, it's also kind of a trip, like to hire people that used to hire me. Like, yeah. like I work with like Chris Streams and Marcos Rivera a lot. Like they shoot a bunch of my content for me and they used to like put so much money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this interesting, like pay it forward that now mm-hmm. like I'm giving it back to them. And yeah. And in my own way, like keeping the industry running, like mm-hmm. we were joking that like I'm I'm giving you money so you can, you know, make your sets better and hire even better like performers of the people that you want to hire. So I'm just helping make the industry a better place, even <laughs> though I'm still working for myself. I still feel like I'm contributing to like mainstream, even if I'm not really working so much in right, mainstream right, right now. You know, there's there were a few producers who complained about, um, you know, how the rise of OnlyFans, which really, you know, we saw skyrocket during oh, yeah. COVID. A lot of performers didn't really come back to shooting mainstream porn. Yeah. How do you feel about that critique? I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I consider myself like one of those people. I have shot like here and there. But I mean, in all honesty, like right now, I haven't shot a scene for a mainstream company in almost a year. This year, I am actually like going to change that. I am going to be shooting for a few companies and a few different people this mm-hmm. year just to just to do it for fun and mm-hmm. to have like more stuff circulating again, accumulate new fans and people haven't like seen me because the industry again has like changed and there's always a bit of a turnover every few years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to shoot a few scenes this year. But I think it's a valid critique. I think some I don't like it when they're mad that people aren't shooting because they don't need to because some of it's like they're mad that performers aren't as maybe quote unquote desperate as they used mm-hmm. to be for work. The power dynamic has shifted. No, I that's think what it is. People are uncomfortable with that. That's I think like the problem. And I, uh, I'm i not a fan of that. It was like, oh, you're just mad. You can't get so and so on your set for a discounted rate to do something that maybe she's not all that comfortable with doing because mm-hmm. she can do what she wants to do at home or she can like uh, fund her own set day and work with the people she wants to work with and mm-hmm. hire the people that she wants to be around. So I, I I understand that, like, oh, it's a bummer to not get, like, certain people on set. Like, I love that some people are mad that, like, you know, I'm not as on their set as much. But it makes you feel, like, valuable. It like, does. you should have appreciated me when you had me. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and it's like, but if you treated me well, I always remember that. Like, yeah. again, like, the people that, like, have treated me well and work with me, like, I'll, like, hire them to work for me. Or they'll be the first people that I talk to mm-hmm. when I'm considering, like, shooting for, for companies again. Be like, hey, you know. Yeah. Do you want to like work with me in the next few months? Um, But yeah, so I don't like when they're bitter about it because they almost are upset that we are taking charge of our our lives and our brands and we don't necessarily like need to do things anymore if we don't want to do them. But I know it's a bummer. So Mm -hmm. I see it from both sides, but be happy for people doing well. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, I personally, I again, I also understand, you know, being upset that, like, you know, you can't really shoot so-and-so anymore because, you know, they decided to do their own thing. But personally, I really feel like 
I just feel like it just makes the industry better overall because then the people who do come to set are people who actually really want to be there. Agree. And I don't – I hate working with people who don't want to be there. Like if you don't want to be there, like I don't want you to be here either. Yeah. And there were definitely, you know, times that people would take gigs because they had to, which I understand. And now I feel like the people who show up on set are people who really want to be there. And that – for me, it just makes the whole dynamic feel better and the vibe on set feel better. So I personally like, I just, and I really like that performers have more power and more agency now. I feel like brands have taken notice. They treat them better. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's made me feel more comfortable in my position as a director because there's definitely been times when I've worked for brands who like have tried to get me to push performers to do something that they didn't Mm -hmm. like or you know, put me in, in like an awkward position. Yeah. And I didn't really feel – I was nervous about saying, no, I won't do that because then I'm like, then they're not going to hire me anymore yeah. because I'm not pushing them to get the things that they want. So for me, I just feel like this just feels like it's better overall for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And then, yeah, when people show up to set, they really want to be there. They want to do it for fun. Like, yeah, it's going to be fun to go back on sets because I want to be there, not yeah. because like, oh, I really need this check yeah. or got to make sure I pay rent. Like, no, just because, hey, I want to like have some really cool sex with some really cool people and like make it into a really dynamic, fun day and see some people I haven't seen in a while. But yeah, I think – I think that's fabulous. You know what's been so interesting is that I've had a lot of – when I do other interviews, I've had a lot of people ask me, like, what do you think about, you know, the fact that OnlyFans has, like, killed the porn industry? I'm like, when? Where where is that? Where is the evidence that it's killed the porn industry? Where is the evidence that, like, Brazzers is going under? Like, you know, where is the evidence that, like, adult time, like, isn't producing anymore? Like, if anything, I feel like brands are shooting more content now. So, like – this I, and it's just interesting. It's like trying to create this narrative that pitches like the performers against like the studios. Like, yeah, I don't like that. I have seen that, but I would also, on your side, argue the same thing. I think that because OnlyFans made uh, sex work a little bit more mainstream, which it undeniably has. Of course, we still get stigma. Of course, we're still getting shut down, and certain states still hate us, and we'll shut down our websites. But more people are a part of OnlyFans than we you would even think. Like, especially with the pandemic, so many people started creating content and they started realizing like, oh, I don't have to maybe do super extreme things to be considered like a sex worker. I can maybe like shoot solos or girl girl, like the kind of boy girl things I want to shoot. So I've noticed that people have really kind of crossed over a lot more. I know like that can be a little bit controversial too, because I even know some performers like they don't like that a lot of like like um, people that got started on OnlyFans or got started on like different websites are getting a little bit of attention from brands because they're getting so popular on their own. But I've noticed people like really crossing over and starting to do more adult work. I don't think porn is having a hard time getting people within, mm-hmm. get, getting people into porn. I think you're not getting as many people, again, desperate. Like you're not getting like these scared, like desperate people who like really need the money and are just willing to do anything anywhere. You're getting people people with a little bit more confidence and a little bit more of a voice. But I think you're still getting a lot of people who want to be a part of sex work. I think sex work has become a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. I think the amount of people that want to talk to us and like understand like what we do in our business and our brands are is becoming a much bigger thing, even like in terms of podcasting. Like there's so many podcasts that now are inviting us on just to talk to us and that are interested in hearing our stories. I think 
No. So I would completely disagree. I think that porn is fine. And I do think that it's actually brought in a whole new kind of group of performers. And I just think they're they're stronger minded performers. I think they're more business savvy. I think you're just getting more educated performers in the industry now, which as a performer, I think is a great thing because it also doesn't like have the cliche of like the industry is super seedy and super dark and you do it out of desperation as like, your last resort and there's nowhere to go. So I think it's actually a really cool thing that it's become so mainstream. Yeah. I also feel like the dynamic has shifted in relating back to like the agency and the independence that performers have, but in a different way where, you know, we saw this kind of like second me too wave come Mm. through the industry and even like maybe a third one, you know, a few months ago where performers no longer felt like they had to be silenced by the fact that they would need to work for certain brands again and they may get blacklisted for speaking out. And they were like, you know what, I can actually talk about these bad experiences that I had and call out these predatory people because like, I know that like I can make money on my own. And, you know, there's been a few people that have been kind of pushed out of the industry or at least to the, to, to the fringes um, by that. And I feel like that's, a really good thing. Absolutely. And also, like, for me as a director, I feel – like, I noticed such a huge shift. Like, you know, when that – during COVID, when all that that calling out happened and all these people, like, were getting fired and, and stuff like that, you know, I was working for MindGeek and they really sat down and they were like, okay, like, we need to look at the people that are working for us and mm-hmm. we need to, like, really take steps to ensure that talent is safe on set, something that – I think people never really thought that they had to think about before. Yeah. So then they instituted like the talent assistants that are there to advocate for the models and just all these rules and regulations that, you know, I personally felt like, okay, this makes me feel more comfortable about shooting as well. Because, you know, even though I've always tried to cultivate like a safe and comfortable set and Mm -hmm. I hope that girls feel empowered to speak out and tell me if there's a problem, but I don't know for sure. You know what I mean? And now with like these boundary checklists that we require on set, like the dialogue has opened up so much more and the communication has opened up so much more in a way that it never had before where I can be like, oh, there are things that I could have overlooked before that like now these steps have been put in place that I hopefully, you know, I I won't now. Like, yeah. I'll, you know, it, I don't know. It just feels like, I just feel like right now is the best time to come into porn. Like, I it's agree. Just better. I absolutely agree. Itself. I think the industry has probably been like the safest it's ever yeah. been. There's much more communication than there's ever been. There, I mean, of course, there's always going to be bad eggs. Like, there's some crappy people like still around, and there's crappy people that were around for a long time. That like that's why people were getting called out. People got really sick of it. They were accumulating all these terrible stories. But I think like you've never had more power as yeah. a performer than you do right now. And again, as somebody who's been in 10 years, it was not like this 10 years ago. There was no consent forms on set when I was on set. Are you fucking crazy? Like people like when I was newer, I I I was one of the few girls at my agency at a time who had a, a yes list. That I was called a diva for that. There were some people who didn't want to hire me because of that. Like so Can you explain to those who may not know what a yes list is? Uh a yes and no list is essentially people you would love to work with and people you don't 
don't want to work with and things that you're willing to do or not willing to do. And a lot of uh, companies didn't like and directors didn't like if you had preferences. They wanted you to be down for anything, anyone. And if you weren't, then you weren't professional. Like you were almost called unprofessional if you weren't just down for absolutely anything. And I think that's, again, what forced some performers to do things they didn't want to do and which caused a lot of these terrible stories. Like some of these people not caring about consent and like the health and safety of their performers is why there was like these big call outs and why there was like a big like porn me too movement. So I I think it's an amazing thing. Again, I think like this has never been a more powerful time to be a performer. There's never been a better time to be a performer. There's never been more options. Like there's never been so many ways to promote yourself. Like there's never been so many people who care about your brand and take it seriously. And like, they want you to tweet them. They want you to like uh, be a part. They want you to wear their clothes and they want you to talk good about them. They want you to be happy. And I think like, that's really fucking cool. Cause again, it was not really like that. It was like the trenches when I was new, you really had to like, you know, put your chin up and really like get through it you really had to be careful you really like you had to try to make some really good choices and even then like even I've still worked with some crappy people and been taken advantage of and yeah it's kind of a bummer but again I I think it's the the trajectory that the industry has been going on it's been getting so much better and I I think that's great because I I don't want to be a part of a cliche I don't want to be a part of like this like nasty dirty sad world where we're all just like these sad girls crying in a corner masturbating like it's you know which some I feel like that's what some people's negative view of porn oh, is 100 it is and some people <laughs> love that but some people get off on that which is yeah. kind of funny there's like some people who they like like the idea that we're all like these desperate like lost souls who will like will allow anybody to do anything to us and we'll just Mm -hmm. take a check just because it's a check and nowadays that's not the case and I think that's what also upsets people as well but but yeah I've definitely seen incredible changes in the industry and yeah and I wouldn't want to say it's easier now but I think that girls getting into the industry nowadays they absolutely have more options and people care a lot more about their safety and well-being Mm -hmm. so so yeah do you have any specific examples of bad experiences that you had in your um, earlier days that maybe would serve as examples to people um well I mean I had a lot of situations like when I would be on set and we would be shooting uh, sex stills and sex stills is like the pictures you take uh, before the scene actually starts which are like the the pictures that you promote later that you'll have on the back of the DVD cover or like the promo when uh, the scene comes out uh, so we'd be doing uh, sex stills and we'd be kind of going over what they wanted us to do during the scene sometimes they let you go and sometimes they have obviously specific things they want to see and like there would be a bunch of times where like the director or somebody would be like hey I know this is like just a boy girl scene but do you mind if he puts a few fingers in your ass and you're like naked in the middle of like already being like penetrated already having sex with somebody all of these people standing around you. Yeah. You're in a very vulnerable position at that very moment. Yeah. And you, and you were like, well, no. And then also, too, like, you know, stuff, you know, different things are different prices when it comes to, like, rates. So, like, anal usually is considered a few dollars more. There are a lot of people. Um, and you'd be like, well, I don't know. I'm not really comfortable with that. It's supposed to be just like a, a boy-girl scene. I'm just like, you know, a pussy scene. Let's just stick with that. And they would be like – and I've had, like, directors literally pout and be like, oh, Really? I mean, 
It would make the scene so much better. I mean, so-and-so did it. And like, and it was so good. And they're like, oh, we just want you to do this. Or just like a few fingers or just this or that. And I'd be like, they would really like kind of put you in a position to like make you feel like you had to do something. And if you said no, that it would upset them or it would potentially cost you work or you weren't as good of a performer as somebody else. So yeah, I've had stuff like that happen, which isn't cool. That's not a cool thing to do. Um, I've like one of my first like website directors that I shot content with, like this was before, like there was paperwork and consent forms. Like there would be like clips that I uploaded to my page. And like, now that you need like much more consent forms, like I took down clips like years ago and then I find them that they're, you know, some people are have them uploaded to Pornhub and I'm like, or different tube sites. And I'm like, this these aren't, you can't have these. Like I haven't even, I don't even have these scenes up. Like these like were home movies that mm-hmm. I shot with like spouses years ago or like this person I like, I was assaulted me. There was like somebody that like assaulted me that I had like clips with that like they had up on their page and I know they didn't have paperwork for. And I'm like, you please take those down. And they were like, no. And, but now I actually, thankfully in the past few years, that's all changed as well. Mm-hmm. Like now people care again, I got like consent and paperwork so actually Pornhub was the one who like took down a mm-hmm. lot of these like clips and stuff that weren't supposed to be there so yeah yeah they I, had to after that New York Times they had came to out. no and they even started doing that beforehand yeah. which was like a big deal so I mean I've had like a lot of little things here and there where like there was coercion on set or people not caring about like your brand or your money and so yeah, I mean, I, I could go on. I've definitely had like, you know, PAs message me after a scene and like send me pictures of their dick and say like, yeah, let's do you want to hang out? And I'm oh like, my God, no, so fucking fired. No. Yeah. Oh. Nowadays. I mean, one person actually did like, I think got fired because of that. And they were like, well, no, we were dating. I'm like, we were not dating. So I had to actually send them like transcripts of like all the texts these people were, this guy was sending to me. And I'm like, I was not responding. Like I was saying, no, I don't date. I don't date like people who work on set. I don't date directors or crew or da, 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 da. And like, yeah. So I had to like prove because this person was lying and acting like we had a sexual relationship when we never did. Oh my God. It was crazy. Yeah. So I had to send like fucking all the text messages that they sent me and like pictures of their dick that were like, um, please don't send me this. And yeah. So wow. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Wow. Yeah. So you just said something that's kind of interesting that, Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because in reverse, I get this question a lot. Mm. So you said that you don't date crew members or directors or anything like I that. I mean, I never have. I always, like, didn't. I mean, I've said, like, you never date performers, but I, like, I have a couple of times and I don't really recommend that either. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I've actually never dated a crew or director. And that was just something that I just said for myself, like, back in the day, just to say it. Just because I also wanted to, and again, like, it was the Wild West. I wanted to be and seen as a power perf- dynamic there. That exactly. That probably with other performers. I wanted to be seen as professional as possible. I wanted people to hire me, like, to just get me on their set. I didn't want there to be any, like, weirdness or anybody Mm -hmm. to have, like, any kind of vendetta against me or take advantage of me. And I don't know. I really – when I was newer, I really wanted – 
I really wanted to make it in the mm-hmm. industry. I so I really tried to be as professional as possible. Like yeah. I wanted to be seen. I didn't want to be like a throwaway girl. I didn't want to be a girl that was out in six months. I didn't want to be like forgotten about or ignored or not seen as like a good performer or like getting blacklisted on people's sets. Because if you date too many people, they're not going to want you on their set. Yeah, like I've seen that, that happen. Yeah, that that's happened to me where like I kind of have a pretty strict rule where I don't want my crew members to date performers Mm -hmm. because it gets messy and and it's happened in the past and then afterwards I'm like now I can't like bring this person on set because you're here like it just got weird you know Mm -hmm. and people have asked me and I'm like you know obviously like no shame on you know crew members and directors and date performers and stuff because there's been a lot of like great relationship you know you fall in love with someone you fall in love with someone like it is what it is if it's real if it's real go for it yeah totally um but people do often ask me like why I don't sleep with performers and they're shocked when I tell them I don't do it yeah and they're just like well why not I'm like Believe it or not, like I take my job seriously yeah. and I feel like – I do feel like there is a power dynamic there that is like kind of being – like is – there's a – it's a real gray area. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just feel like it's it's super shady. I don't know. It just feels like unprof- – like you said, it unprofessional. Is. It feels very unprofessional. It really just for kind me. of is. I agree with that. And I, I think you almost set yourself apart when you're known to like – be really professional and yeah. you're not just there to like screw around and like yeah. suck the director's dick in the bathroom yeah. to like get work like yeah. yeah so I think you're taken a bit more seriously and I think that that's really cool I wanted to be taken to ser- I, I didn't get into the industry for like hashtag porn life like I you know I was never really <laughs> like the girl who was having like random orgies in hotel rooms mm-hmm. like in some ways maybe I'm not like cool in that yeah. way like I I want to see people on set I want to have like really good sex with people and explore my sexuality and have a good time but I want to do it in like a controlled chaos environment mm-hmm. I you know I was never I was never like super crazy like slutty when mm-hmm. I was younger I was always very sexual but I think being sexual and being slutty are different things Mm. um so so yeah like I was never like you know anybody can stick their dick in me I'm just like I'm just here yay Mm -hmm. like no I I wanted to have this be a career and I wanted to enjoy what I was doing and be taken seriously and you you can be taken seriously in sex work if you if you demand so yeah yeah Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We all know Adam and Eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy. And now, with my code HOLLY, you can get any one item for 50% off, plus 10 free gifts. And you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at AdamandEve.com, but only if you use code HOLLY. Let's talk about body modifications in oh the gosh. industry. Um, I know that you're someone who's always been really, you know, pro body modifications if that's what makes people feel good about themselves. You know, you mm-hmm. see a lot of people saying like, oh, well, she's fake this, fake that. But I've seen you interject on in a lot of these yeah. threads, which I think is really nice to say like, look, like if something's going to make some – if something's going to make somebody feel good about themselves, like – 
we should take that into consideration. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I look at that because I do think like there's definitely people that I've seen that I, and I do think in my head, I'm like, ooh, that's a bit much. But then mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? It is kind of like. It's their body. It's their body. And if that would make them happy, then like. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, you should, you only have like one life to live. Your vessel is yours. I was like joke about it as like your avatar. Mm-hmm. You can like change and move things around at will, like just like a video game. You can mm-hmm. add, remove. Um, and I think it's really cool. I mean, like we were kind of talking earlier that like it's it's art. People who are really good at their job, like plastic surgeons, is it's really it's amazing what people can do. And mm-hmm. it really can change somebody's confidence and make them happier and make them want to be out in the world a little bit more, mm-hmm. want to show off their body a little bit more. And especially like in this kind of industry, like our bodies are kind of our work. So we have to look at ourselves naked all the time, like probably more than the average person. So if we see things we might want to change about ourselves for any kind of way, why not? And then, you know, you get older, you want to like add, remove, nip, tuck. Like some people get like mad at certain things. And I always do say it too when people are like, no, no, I like everything natural. So many people, so many like men especially who say they want like A, B, and C natural, they can't tell the difference when it's done well. You know what I mean? (laughs) They really can't. Like I've had so many people think my boobs are like real throughout my career. I've had three boob jobs. Some people like think my – I just went and did squats at the gym. No, I I got a BBL (laughs) like in 2019. You know, my lips got a little plumper. Some people get a little bit mad at that like when you do a little bit extra plumping in the Mm -hmm. lips, which I understand because it can like change things around a little bit. But but no, I mean, I wanted to like have fun and look like the way I want to look and mm-hmm. enjoy enjoy my pornography. And, yeah. Yeah. So I will take this opportunity to say, we were talking about this before the yeah. podcast. Um, this is my last podcast episode before I go under the knife in two days. <gasps> um, so actually when this releases on all the podcast platforms, I will hopefully be somewhat recovered okay. about, about a month or something like that. Okay, that's a good amount. Um, so I'm getting 360 lipo and an athletic BBL. I'm getting a very, very small one because I like my butt, but I'm like, oh, if I could defy gravity, mm-hmm. like as I get older, like why not? Oh, so um, yeah, so I'm nervous yeah. about it, but I'm also excited because, you know, like you said, it's – I had a kid mm-hmm. and um, I cannot like – get my body back the way it was. I mean, look, I probably could if I decided to eat rabbit food Mm. and go to the gym seven times a week. And I'm just like, that's just not going to happen. And I do like work out a lot. I go to Orange Theory. I go to Power Yoga. Like I go at least three times a week. But there's some things you really can't change in the gym. And some people don't understand that either. They're like, oh, just do squats. Oh, just go on a diet. Oh, just do chest presses. Like, no, it like if you talk to actual doctors, not even just plastic surgeons, there are certain things about your body that like is physically impossible to change. And every body is literally different. So mm-hmm. there's like something that you could do in the gym that I couldn't do in the gym. Maybe your waist is naturally smaller. Maybe your hips are naturally bigger. Maybe you have like more fat in your butt naturally so it can get higher and tighter and perkier. Like there's only so much you can actually do mm-hmm. in the gym and with diet and exercise. Yeah. And what I've come to realize as I get older, and I think this is like almost one of the more valuable life lessons that I've had is like there's a difference between like what I can do and like what I'm willing to do. Like I feel like I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm like really starting to recognize like 
what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do as a, you know, I used to live in this world like, oh, well, I'm, when I start going to the gym seven times a week and when I start eating food like this way, you know, mm-hmm. like, bitch, I'm fucking, I'm just not, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I have other things in my life not and like, time. I'm not lazy and yeah. I eat well for the most part, but I also like, I like sugar. I like to have yeah. dessert sometimes and I'm just not, I don't want to give all that up no, yeah. for certain things. And I don't want to go to the gym seven times a week. Like I can't go to the gym seven times a week. And you know what? Like it was funny. Cause a friend of mine, when I told him what I was doing, he's like, can't you just do more squats? And yeah. I said to him, I'm like, they there's a difference that. between what I can do mm-hmm. and what I will do. What I probably – yeah, I could go to the gym and, you know, do, Jennifer Lopez does, what, like a 1,000 squats a day But her butt like was that. always naturally big. But That's the thing. But I'm going to 1,000 squats a day. But yeah. you know what I am going to do is mm. I'm going to work really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save my money. Yes. And I'm going to spend it on a plastic surgeon who's going to give me the body that I want. And, like, mm-hmm. there's different kinds of people. There's the people who have the motivation and the drive and the time yeah. to do all that nutrition, workout stuff. And then there's the people like me who – are going to devote their time to like working, making money, saving it so I can – and it's kind of like what's the difference yeah. in a way? You know what I mean? It's like different ways to get at the same goal. It's definitely not when people's like, oh, it's lazy. It's definitely not lazy when it comes to like you had to work really hard to make that money to spend on the surgery. And recovery is no joke. Like recovery is weeks and weeks of like very like uh, specific like recovery. You Dude, have to – so wear certain things you have so to like wear compression garments you have to take you're going to be sore you're going to be tired you're going to be in pain and like you do have to maintain your results mm-hmm. so it's not just like completely like snap your fingers and you look like amazing yeah. you are a part of the journey yeah but but no I don't think it's lazy at all the amount of like money and time that you have to put into it like you could argue that that was what you could do in the gym as well. But again, like there's only so much you can do in the gym and every body is not going to look the same. Like where you and I would look very different if we both did the same amount of exercise, yeah. the same things in the gym. And like it's very hard to actually grow a butt. Like I didn't really have a butt at all when I got my fat transfer. And like there's only so much you can do in the gym. Like you can't you can get your butt a little higher and tighter and firmer, but you're not going to get a fat ass in the gym. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. Like, and it's not like I can eat certain foods that'll go straight to my butt. Like, mm-hmm. no, it might go everywhere else. And if I get bigger, you're going to get bigger kind of all over. And some people don't understand that either. So, yeah, it's like there's certain things that can only grow by a surgeon. That's like saying you can go to the gym and make your boobs bigger. Like, yeah. it's not that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been interesting. There's been like a lot of self-talk, you mm-hmm. know, with like almost giving myself like – and excuses to do it. Yeah. Which I think made me realize like how much I mentally fed into the whole idea that, you know, you have to achieve all of these results by going to the gym or eating. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're so indoctrinated that that's like what you have to do to get there. And I remember like after I had my baby looking at like before and afters of like skinny supermodels and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Well, of course they went back to their original size three days later. Like yeah. these people are g- built genetically different than I am. Like, And they I'm, have nutritionists yeah. and trainers. Like yeah. that's their entire life is yeah. to like stay in shape. Like that is their source of income. So of course, like yeah. that's much easier for them. But isn't it like almost more of a body shaming thing when people are shaming you and acting like it's not okay? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's like the weird twist, right? Because yeah. there's like the it's like the body shaming either way that women face. They yes. get body shamed if they don't lose the weight and go back to the way that they looked before they had a baby and then they get shamed if they go and like seek 
you know, yeah. surgery to get themselves back there. It's like either way. Yeah. You're it's like unless you're like naturally like one of God's favorites. Yes. <laughs> it just goes back to like looking like that. Like, Yeah. No, it's so true. It's like either way, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. So yeah. you might as well like do what makes you happy. And if like somebody actually cares about you or is a fan of you, they're going to want you to be happy. And mm-hmm. everything about you is going to be different and better if you are confident mm-hmm. and you look the way you want to look, you feel the way you want to feel. And I think that's what people should want for you. I think it's always really sad when somebody talks down mm-hmm. to somebody about like what they choose to do with their bodies, especially because it's such a personal thing. Yeah. And people, like, almost take it very much into themselves, like, you know, especially, like, a fan of, like, a porn performer. They'll sometimes get personally offended if, like, you change something about yourself Mm -hmm. or you, like – I know girls who, like, maybe had kind of a teen look and they get a boob job. Like, they're going to piss off some of their fans who are like, you ruined yourself. Why would you do this to yourself? You look so much better before. Meanwhile, the girl probably thinks that she looks amazing and she Mm -hmm. loves the way she looks. So it's actually – really kind of sad like if you actually care about somebody you should want them to be happy and it's it's really sad when people like really tear somebody down for just wanting to look a little different or changing or like if you're getting older and you want them to like I've been around for 10 years either way I'm not going to look the same way I did at 25 yeah I mean the crazy shaming that I see especially like on my podcast videos you know on YouTube people have been like oh man she got old or oh man she put away yeah like <laughs> dude think? like 10 years have passed like yeah. what the fuck do you expect like she's you know she's yeah. Which no, she found honestly. supposed to find the fountain of eternal youth. That's called Botox. People. Exactly. Come and then on. they get mad if you do that little yeah. kind of thing. You get a little Botox, you plump up your lips a little bit because those naturally thin as you get yeah. older. Yeah. And some people get mad that you like you changed. My favorite thing is, is when I tell people that like, oh, I'm going to go get Botox or something like that. They're like, you don't need it. I'm like, I don't need it because I've been getting yeah. it yeah. done for the last like 15 years. Yeah. That's why I don't need it. Yeah. Like, it's just funny, you know? No, it's so true. People. And that's what I mean. Again, a lot of people have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. when like work is done if it's like good work or if it's subtle or if you just don't talk about it but I like to be relatively open about it like I don't like share everything constantly that I do in my life but I definitely don't lie about it I even had to get my septum fixed so my nose is actually a little bit different than it mm. was when I was newer but a lot of people what they don't know too because I've had a few people notice and be like I liked your natural nose fun fact that wasn't my natural nose either like I actually had my nose broken when I was a teenager and like they like kind of fixed it and like changed it a little bit and it was actually a little crooked and my septum was fucked up so I could barely breathe if you'd notice in some of my porn scenes I would be like (gasps) mouth breathing I'd be like inhaling so much air and yeah like I'm really into it and really energetic but I also couldn't breathe when (laughs) when, like you'd get too worked up and your nose would get clogged so yeah so I got my septum fixed a few years ago and yeah and some people got upset with that but I'm like I can breathe now I feel like (laughs) I I mean we're probably going down a road that people are not interested in but I might ask you afterwards because I also my nose is I have a deviated septum Mm -hmm. and I have like like your your nostrils your nostrils close yeah they're not supposed to close when you breathe in through your nose and mine do like I have horrible breathing problems I always have um, and I went to go see a doctor about getting my nose fixed and he was like, oh, we're going to have to change the structure of your yeah. nose because he said that like my walls were too thin and, and my nose is like the one thing about my face I really like. So I was like, you're not touching my I know. fucking nose. So I like I'm mine like, too. So but... I said no. Yeah. But 
anyways, I'll talk to you about it. No, no, no. I get it. But yeah, some people get upset. It's like, but that's something ironically that I did actually to make my overall life better, not even necessarily to change my looks. Like I I liked my nose too. And I think it was actually like almost a tiny bit smaller, but like now I can breathe so I can do more in life. So please, please don't be (laughs) mad at me for being able to breathe a little bit better now. I'm sorry. So uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I just had Laura Desiree on the show a couple of weeks ago, (gasps) who I know is a very good friend of yours. Yes. Um, and she started a web series. I know you guys had a podcast together mm-hmm. too. Um, and that was when I was with Cam4. So that's, yes. that, yeah, it was sponsored by Cam4 yes. at the time. How many, did you guys do seasons or just episodes? We uh, Technically three seasons. Yeah. I believe that we had about like 30-ish episodes, mm-hmm. but that was the thing too, that like, uh, once we really got our footing, like we did like, I think 20-ish episodes and then that's when COVID hit. So mm-hmm. then we had to do like add the at-home streaming, which mm-hmm. is always so different. It's mm-hmm. always, it's much more fun to be like in an actual podcast setting. Yeah. So like I kind of, that's something that was sad about COVID. COVID kind of killed that. And then my contract like ran out and I didn't want to renew. So then right. like the podcast was over. Yeah, yeah. But it was so fun. Love Laura. Anyway, sorry. Go. <laughs> um, well, so she, uh, you know, has her web series Red, Red Umbrella Talk. Yes. And you were a guest on the first episode. Yes. Um, what message do you want to send out to the adult industry? Um, sorry. No, not that. Mm-hmm. What message did you want to send out about the adult industry as a guest in that interview? Um, I really wanted to just uh, explain that it it really is a job. It's a career and it can be a very fruitful, thriving career that isn't necessarily a, a dead end, as people always want to say. Like you can be in the industry for a long time and still be getting a lot out of it. There's so many avenues to go to. There's so many ways that you can like test yourself and to grow without even even just completely doing uh, the actual porn scenes. You could like learn how to host. You can learn how to create content. You can learn how to write, how to direct. Like there's so many things that you could also be a part of when you're a part of pornography. And also I love trying to like, you know, smush the stigma a little bit that we're all these sad, lonely, lost people. Like some very strong, intelligent, powerful, talented people are in this industry. And I think that they deserve respect and we deserve to be taken seriously. Like this, this is a business and this can be a really cool, prosperous business that, Mm -hmm. you know, should be looked at as such. Do you find that the stigma of doing sex work affects you in your day-to-day life? Not necessarily, but I honestly do kind of have a little bit of like a work-life separation. Mm. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm Romy everywhere that like I'm supposed to be Romy, but like when I'm kind of just like living my daily life, like I just want to chill. Like, again, like I, I, I joke again, the difference between like being super slutty and being sexual. I'm a very sexual person, but like when I'm not like, you know, shooting or, you know, connecting with people that I want to connect with or having sex, like I just, you know, want to go to the grocery store and I'm probably going to wear sweatpants and I'm probably not going to wear makeup. Like, but then when it's like time to look good and wear makeup and be on, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. But, but no, I, I like to like go home and turn out the lights and like lay down on the recliner and like watch some Netflix. So I don't let it completely consume my every second of my everyday life. But but no, I mean, yeah, I yeah. Do you um do you find dating difficult? Um, yeah, 
you know, I'm not like, I'm not much of a dater. Mm. I think like that's a thing too. But yeah, I know you're saying that like, oh, is it, does it affect me? Not, not too much. Cause I don't really allow it to affect. I don't allow people to disrespect me. So mm-hmm. if people like know about what I do, I don't, I don't let them shame me and I don't feel shamed if they try to. Mm-hmm. Cause again, this is something that I chose and this has been my kind of entire adult life's work. So I know what I've been able to accomplish and like, you know, the, like how successful I've been able to be and the fact that I can support myself in Los Angeles and New York and take care of people that I love. Like I'm very proud of that and no one's going to take that from me. And so I take that very seriously. So I'm picky. So it's not very easy to date, but it's not really easy to date in general as like, as like a boss or as like a woman in charge and like, I don't really need a man. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy kind of, you know, being by myself and doing my own thing. And I get sex whenever I want to get it with some yeah. of the most talented, sexual, sexy people in the world. So it's like, I'm not somebody that really goes out like perusing for dick because mm-hmm. I can, or pussy, cause I can get it whenever I want it. So like when somebody's kind of in my life, I really have to like enjoy their company and we really have to connect on a relatively deep level. And that can be kind of hard. Also, I'm kind of a homebody, to Mm. be honest. So I don't really get out too much. So Mm -hmm. dating in general is a little bit difficult, but I wouldn't necessarily blame like sex work. Mm -hmm. So you said that, you know, whenever you need like your sexual needs fulfilled, that you can obviously find people to fulfill that. So that gives me the sense that do you have like a strong group of friends or family that helps fulfill like, you know, the other needs that we all have, which is companionship, yeah. like, you know, um, mentally, spiritually or however you want to put it. Yeah. I mean, I'm again, very like picky with people. I'm like an only child. So mm-hmm. like I kind of like I value my own space and mm-hmm. my time and I, I don't mind like being alone and doing solo activities. Like I'll go to the movies by myself if there's nobody around. I mm-hmm. actually really enjoy doing stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the people that are in my life, I, I value them and love them so much. I believe like you can make your friends, your family, you can have a chosen family. So the people that are in my life are like we're total honesty. We can talk about anything. We can do anything there. I have people that are like in the industry and people that aren't in the industry. And they're both like kind of different levels of friendship too. Mm -hmm. Cause some people understand certain things and other people like knew me before I got into the industry. So I have like different levels of friendships. And I, I think that can be really important. I think friendships are even more important to have when you're in sex work, even more than like a romantic relationship to be honest. Yeah, because, I mean, those are less likely to disintegrate, yeah. you know, with, I mean, romantic relationships, as we all know, can, for sure, you know, yeah. end in a fiery fucking blast, yeah. whereas, you know, friendships hopefully can last for a long time, or yeah. if they kind of fade away, they kind of fade away. Yeah. So, what has been the biggest challenge that you feel like you've overcome in the last 10 years? Um, hmm. I think, like, the... You know, I was always a little bit insecure about, like, being able to take things on on my own. Like, I didn't know, like, when I first got started, I always, like, wanted to be able to, like, direct my own work and to, like, be the boss. But I was always a little bit, like, nervous about it. So that's why I really focused on trying to be, like, a really great performer and to be taken very seriously and, like, show that I had these other skills. Like, hey, I can I can host. I can talk. I can, like, you know, I love to perform. I can do, like, um, I love to do streaming. But. But 
but to actually be kind of like the one behind the camera, I was always a little bit nervous about. And that's something that I've really grown into. Mm. And I've really started to like enjoy that and like see my, like I can put my vision in, mm-hmm. in front of me now. And I think like that, that makes me feel very powerful. Like when I like have my own set days start to finish, like when I'm the one hiring the director and the makeup artist and the talent and I have the script and I have the wardrobe and I'm like, okay, I want like this area lit like this. And I like buy all these set pieces and set them up and be like, okay, this is what I want. Let's do this. Let's go. And then like once it's completely wrapped and like, I'm looking at the footage, like there really is like this amazing, like surge of pride and mm-hmm. I think that's really amazing and I'm sure like as a fucking powerful female director that's something that you've experienced your entire career too but isn't it just something like crazy because it's something that they don't expect too of women like to yeah. be powerful women who like are making really good pornography yeah that we like yeah no there's something really wonderful about seeing like all that hard work come together you know because you're so like mentally invested in all the bits and the pieces. Yeah. And when you see it finally come together in like one coherent piece edited with the music and everything, yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Like, like I did this that. is why I worked like a fifteen hour fucking day three yeah. days in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh thank God. Like, we made a movie. We made art. Yeah. Like, we made something that people are gonna like spend their hard earned money on. And I think like that's really amazing. Like, yeah, I love shooting like little sexy clips on my couch and on my bed, but like a lot of my content is like, you know, high production value stuff. And I really enjoy that. I really like feeling like I'm, I'm putting good, good work out there and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to be a good representation for the industry and show that like, this can be really beautiful, sexy, you know, professional shit. And like, again, I love the combination of both. And some people, like some fans, they love the, the super like, uh, homegrown stuff. They love the home movies. Mm -hmm. I love that too. I love a good sex tape. Like those are so fun, so sexy, amazing to get off to. But like, I know when some people try to complain about stuff like OnlyFans, they're like, oh yeah, but it doesn't look anything like when you shoot for a company. It never looks good. The lighting sucks. And I'm like, not my stuff. (laughs) So, so no, I, I really take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. You know, I, and that's actually one of the things that I love about the adult industry so much. And this is so funny because this is something that my mom always said when she first started and it makes so much sense, especially if you look at like how mainstream works. And if you know people who work in mainstream, like if you want to do a movie or a scene or whatever in porn, you can literally like come up with the idea and then start shooting it like the next week. Like it's like yeah. that. You don't have to go. There's so much red tape in mainstream mm-hmm. and like the people, you know, I mean, not to speak down about unions, but you know what I mean? Like there's like all of these, like, yeah. it's like an obstacle course to kind of get where you want and you might need like a lot of funding and like a, a big budget and you need permission and you know, with porn, it's just like, oh, I want to shoot this. You can be like, hire the people. You can call them directly if they yeah. don't have an agent or book them through their agent. Like, and, you know, you can just do it. Yeah. And it's, and you can create whatever you want. And the great thing about, you know, um, porn is that like, people always want to buy it, right? Like, oh, there's yeah. always a market for it. It's like, you know, making a, a small independent short. It might be hard to make money off of that. Like, who's going to like pay to watch like a 10 minute yeah. story about, Someone who goes to the library and meets their <laughs> father. I don't I don't know where I'm coming up. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like yes. you can always sell porn. Like people always want to buy that. There's a, a constant market. demand for it. Yeah. And so you can, you know, create something that has a really cool story or art around it as long as like, you know, in there is sex. Like you can sell that. Yeah. And, and that's what I somebody. love is the ability to like 
that to have that constant hungry market. Yes. And the ability to be creative yeah. with that. Because, I mean, anything will sell to somebody. Like, there's so many, like, kinks and fetishes and just things that people enjoy that just, like, get them off or they find very erotic. Like, somebody will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Somebody will jerk off to it. Yeah. So I always, yeah. So especially if I like it, I get very excited. Like, Film it and they will come. Yes. (laughs) They will literally come. Like, it's good to take requests every now and again. But, like, if you really have an idea or really want to do something, like, somebody's going to get into it. Especially if they like you. Yeah. Do you have, like, a specific niche that you find works for you? Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. I I do – I still really love, you know, just the kind of the straight sex stuff. I love like a a well done gonzo. Like even a lot of my high production stuff is still, uh, you know, very produced, like lots of like set. There's a little bit of a script. There's like professional lighting. There's blah, blah, blah. But like it, the sex matters the most to me. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of, no matter like how beautiful or how professional I want things to be, I always like care a lot about like the actual sex. I yeah. am like, I am kind of like a performer at heart still. Yeah. Like I feel like that's kind of what got me, you know, quote unquote popular. Like, especially mm-hmm. when I was newer, I think like it was my performance and the fact that I liked what I was doing and I am a sexual person. So I think like I, I do, I, I'm a high value sex person. I mm-hmm. really, I like the sex I like, and I like connection. I like when people genuinely want to work together. Like I've always had the yes and no list. I really want to enjoy having sex with somebody. I want them to enjoy having sex with me. And I want that to be like seen on screen. I want some people to like see two people who really want to fuck having great sex. So Mm -hmm. I think like that's something I've always really held on to for a lot of my, my career. Love glamour, love looking really good. But like once you start going at it, I don't care if my eyelash is on my nose, (laughs) like, you know, we're, we're getting down. So so no, I love good sex, good porn. I've always been a big fan of good porn. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why we're all here, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Romy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to reconnect. Hey, thank you so much. And um, we are going to do a little bonus Q&A, if that's okay with you. Sure. My Patreon members sent me some questions for you. We're going to do that in a separate segment. That's for okay. my Patreon members only. So if you're a member, you'll be able to watch this. Um, In the meantime, Romy, can you tell everybody where they can find you online, please? Uh, You can find me all over the net. I'm on Twitter, Romy underscore Rain. I'm on Instagram, Romy Rain. Both are verified. Please don't get scammed. Look for the blue check mark. But nowadays, kind of the blue check mark doesn't mean much because people can buy it. But yeah, look for the high follower account. That's me. Uh, Official Romy Rain on TikTok. And yeah, follow me for all my content. I try to make some really good content. Love doing live shows love connecting with fans my only fans is Romy underscore rain and yeah let's chat sometime fantastic and then you guys can find me on instagram at holly randall and on twitter the same name um if you want to go see my new bod which is happening in two days um i also have an only fans onlyfans.com slash holly randall i'm Gonna say now for I'm gonna project into the future that I, I look great. Yeah. <laughs> go go check it out. <laughs> um and of course if you want to support this podcast and watch these interviews live and also access the bonus QA's, uh go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered, or just go to hollylinks.com. All my links are there. You can find everything um on my platforms there. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you go give 
Romy a follow. Let's be honest. You're probably already following her. Um, she's not kidding when she says a high. She says she has a high follower count. But just in case, let her know that you came from this podcast so yeah. she knows she didn't waste her time. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. A great way to show your love is to rate and review my show. And an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then led to where you can leave your review. And if you could afford to financially support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.